podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rodri. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinions. I respect your opinions. Maybe in your opinion Messi is better than me, but in my mind I'm better than him. I do it again. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of Rodri Giggs on football. We are here tonight for the fast and furious, the brutal honesty, the most honest get, uh, football show in uh, on the internet, as it were. And then, <coughs> excuse me, can barely breathe. My chest is all over the place. We'll be talking all things football, mainly the Premier League, Champions League, stuff like that. But we do like to touch on the Championship and uh, stuff like that, especially when Cardiff City absolutely decimates their their opposition. It's always a fun time. As usual, uh, I am joined by former Salford City, Bangor City, Aberystwyth Town, FC United. What was that other one you won with the where you won the league? Mosley. Two leagues. Two leagues. Mosley. Mosley. Uh, Mr. Rodri Giggs, how are you, my friend? You good? Yeah, good mate. Yeah, you? Yeah, man. Good, good. Um, and also, guys, if you want to uh, purchase tickets for the event that me and Lan- uh, Andy Campbell are doing in Cardiff in the, the Roman Tavern pub, you can see the little uh, QR code by there. There's a couple of tickets left. And also, every Monday in the Roman Tavern, we have the Cardiff City Fan Show. So pop on down, join us. Did you point the wrong way then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like backwards. Isn't it? Mind you, that's, that's, that's probably right, isn't it? Look. Yeah, that's about right. Look. <coughs> um, so just as we wait for some of the latecomers and the stragglers and that, it's uh, it's all good. We'll um, let's have a look. So we got the the super six and the the fantasy charity leagues updates just for the the weekly updates. Let everyone know who's doing what. Uh, in the fantasy football, highest score of this round was uh, 117 points from Sue Coleman with a new overall leader, Mr. Ollie Rushworth. Myself and Rodri scored the same this week, but Rodders is still seven points ahead, just about. And um, we also had uh, two rounds of Super 6 this last week. Will's uncle, Colin, came up and top on Saturday. Gwyn Lewis came top midweek. But how's the battle between myself and Rodri going? Well, I'm running away with it. Ten points clear. Uh, I scored <laughs> a whopping 14 points, which is almost double 
what uh, Rodri scored this week because he only scored a measly eight. And uh, that's all we need to discuss about it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, do, a, I didn't do choose it. Uh, it's also. a results game, mate. You don't want to hear excuses. Uh, you know, it's a results game. No problem. Ten, ten, you only got six points now. <laughs> In fairness, you you were miles ahead of me a couple of weeks back, but you bottled it. And I've, 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 I've slipped off the ball a bit. I've, I've concentrated yeah. on other things, but it's okay. I'll just go back to focus on this. It's no problem. Of course. Course, mate. Um, on you know, it, it takes us quite nicely into sort of the comeback story, the rehabilitation. Because all I'm reading in the in the newspapers over the last couple of days is how Harry Maguire has turned his career around. He's now a world class defender and the rest of it. Um, I want to talk about it because look, him, him, and Onana have probably rightly taken a lot of stick because I think both. Performances probably haven't been great since you know this season and, and Maguire going back further. And I think the last three games, both of them have been pretty good. Pretty good. And obviously Anana's made it. And tell what has gone under the radar, mate, is that that penalty save, which is obviously the last kick of the game. Great. But like the quality of the save, mate, that was a really, really top draw penalty save. Um but Maguire, like, listen. He played well against Sheffield United. He did well against Brentford. He did okay against Copenhagen. Scored a great goal. But he also made a couple of mistakes, which very nearly cost United goals. But that's kind of flown under the radar. And I think, look, I've we've said, we and me and you have kind of agreed all along that he's, he's a good Premier League defender. He's not like elite. He's not world-class. But he's, he's a good Premier League defender. And he's certainly better suited to play in like a deep block and defending his line, stuff like this. Some of the horseshit, mate, I've seen, I've heard on the radio and in the newspapers this week, it's like he's the second coming of Franz Beckenbauer or something. Like, yes, you know, he played decent. He scored a great goal. Good. And I think what I will say is his attitude to having the captaincy taken off him, to not playing and stuff like that, when you compare it to Sancho, for instance, it's night and day. Like he's a professional. He's going about his job and he's doing the right things, keeping his mouth shut and just waiting for his opportunity. And now he's got his opportunity for injuries. He's taken it. But I can't have this like this this narrative that he's like playing prime Costa Curtain, man. Because like he he nearly cost United in the first half on the, on on Tuesday, and it's you know his, Onana saved him. So. I don't know where do you stand. You watch United more than I do, but like, where do you stand with it? Like, I was never too concerned about Anana. I always thought that he's a quality keeper, and he just looks like maybe his, his confidence has dropped a little bit. But a couple of good games, and he'd be fine. Maguire, I think they want to replace. But like, where do you stand on the, those two in particular? The last couple of games. We we got to look. Well, let's start with Maguire first. You know, he's, he's had a rocky two years, and mm. a real. Bad two years for the standard he set. He still played for England and done, done pretty well. Uh, for United, he's had a bad two years. But what I've seen when he's been when he's come back in, he's on the front foot. He's he's going in with with uh, strikers if they go deep and uh, right up against. I mean, proper on the offensive when he when he's defending and and he's come away with a goal. So plus all the stick he's, he's been taking. So it's a good character. He's probably been the best defender of late for United, which you know is is, is where we're at. But 
know, you've got to give him credit. I, you know, he's, he's had a lot of stick. Uh, people go over the top, probably yeah. saying how bad he is in the last two years, which probably overkill. Yeah, bad, a bit like now with people saying he's the best, you know, centre half of of the time of our time at the minute, which is you know overkill right, as then, well. Sorry, mate. Let me interrupt you very quickly. I want to put this to you because I read it earlier and I couldn't believe what I was reading, right? So I slightly disagree with you that I think Maguire, a lot of the criticism has been deserved because I think he has been that poor, particularly last year. However, someone, uh, this commentator today, uh, I'm forgetting his name. I'll see if I can find it now. He said that Mart uh, Martinez is not an upgrade on Maguire and they don't need Martinez. They don't miss him. And basically said that Harry Maguire is more than good enough to be United's first choice centre-back at the left side. Like, is it just me or is that ludicrous statement? Because I think United massively missed Martinez on the ball. Like he has, he was injured this year. When he I told you, play. you set a, you set a standard where the first two years wasn't talking about Aaron Maguire. Mm. It's only the last two years. What I've seen in the last three games, like I said, plus he stepped up with a goal, no mistakes, and he stepped up a goal. I've been quite very impressed with it. Plus, plus when his his back's against the wall. And United are not playing very well. Mm -hmm. So to keep a clean sheet, to score a goal, it's you know, you've got to give him credit for it. Is he is Matt do we need Martin? Yes, of course we do. We need as many defenders as we can. He was very good last year. Something's clearly not right, and, it, and that's why he's gone back to having an operation because it's shown he just didn't look the same player as he was last year. And he was obviously carrying carrying an injury. Onana. I disagree with the penalty. It seems a very good penalty. If he's diving that side, he's got to save it. And he's dived the right side, so he's got to save it. It's in the middle of that side. It's not in the side name. And all he's got to do is, is just put his hand up and save it. That's his job. He should save it. But yeah. but it's the tension, the time of it. The, the, you know He's had his problems, so he's basically saving out. He's getting three points. So it's everything that rolls round to that now. Can they use that as a springboard? Um, we'll just have to wait and see. We've, you got all we and see now Sunday because we've got United. I mean, to the city, so it's a, it's a big game. But if he comes off and pulls off a, a man of the match performance, then and Harry Maguire scores a one nil win, then then now we'll be talking. Then we might get overkill. Yeah, I think maybe the thing which bugs me is the the lack of nuance in like the punditry and the radio and the sky. It's like players are either the worst or the best. There's no in between, and there's like so much st stuff going on now. There's so they, they just they just talk so much crap sometimes. I'll go off the, I'll go over the same stuff or the same people, the same players, because that gets the most clicks. They're obviously doing it for a reason, and it gets most the most phone calls, the most interaction. So they do it for a reason, but it gets pretty tedious and boring. That's why these you know podcasts. Uh, People are listening to more podcasts and going online to listen to more stuff because you know the, the the mainstream stuff gets a bit gets a bit boring. Yeah, yeah, and you've got these play like all the ex players. They've all got agendas, you know. They support Liverpool. All got the mates. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, a very interesting one was um, that had in the. The newspaper, which we won't name, but uh, also a couple of other papers that uh, United has supposedly been linked with bringing De Gea back on a short-term contract to cover Onana in the 
well, if he goes to the African Cup of Nations, because he only he misses eight games, basically, I think it is. Like, do you see that as realistic? I don't think that's realistic. I don't think, one, I don't think, like, after the way they treated him, after the way the manager or whoever withdrew the contract that was agreed and stuff like that, I just cannot see him. Why would he want to help him out? But well, then he's, not he's, out. he's helping himself out as well. He's not going to be doing it for nothing, is he? So yeah. if he comes in, if it works for him, great. If, if, it does, if it doesn't work and it works for United, great. But if it doesn't work for him, he's not going to go out of his way for United. But if he's here living in Manchester and he's not doing anything and they yeah. ask him, yeah, he's 150 grand a week for, for a few months, why wouldn't you? It's just everything's familiar. Do they need him, though, for eight games? Like, do, you assume, do they need him for eight games? Like if you assume that Anana not is going to necessarily, come back. but I'm, you're asking me a question. I'm saying if it's there, yeah. it's feasible, it's paid, and it, and it works. Why not? Yeah, and um, just lastly on United, mate. Well, not lastly because I do want to just talk about the where they stand in the Champions League and stuff. But talk to me a bit about um, Bobby Charlton passed away at the weekend. Um, you know, one of the true, true greats of English football. And uh, I, in many people's opinion, opinion, is the best English footballer to have ever played the game. Um, and by all by all accounts, everything which I've read and heard, and when you hear people talk about him, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him. You know, over the years, ever. Um, like, speak to as a United fan and someone who's grown up in and around, you know, the United sort of scene and stuff like that. Obviously, your brother's a legend within the club as well. Like. Speak to me a bit about Bobby Charlton and what he means to United and the club and the fans and everything. I just think he was a great ambassador for the club. Obviously, winning the World Cup with with England. Um, obviously, the the, the, the plane crash. Um, and and how involved he is with, with was he always was with the youth players. You know the, the countless things that he did with the players and the young players always been supportive hand always being in the change room after the game talking to the players and yeah just a massive massive person at Manchester United and he'd be solely missed but obviously not seen him for for many for a few years now because obviously he's had dementia but yeah he was a big massive massive part of the club you know there's not many statues outside of the club but he's one of them that are outside so um yeah he'd be solely missed and arguably yes he was one of the best Players that England's ever left foot, right foot, could head the ball, could play, could could go box to box, takes corners, free kicks, could do everything. So, and he'd had a you know traumatic plane crash that he didn't even die. Well, mate, um, I was going to say is like not many people survive plane crashes. One, um, to be, I think, was he one of? The, I'm not sure. If, I don't think he was the only survivor, but one of very few, wasn't he? And um, I think, like, when you think of the trauma, not just of the things he must have seen, but losing all his teammates, his friends, everything, to be able to come back from that, just, you know, just to live a, a you know, a, a happy life and, and be able to get over that. It's a long career as well, you know. I remember Ryan breaking his record. I think it was 960-odd games or 950-odd games. Incredible. No? That was an incredible amount of games, plus the games he would have played for England. So, he, well played over a thousand games, so yeah. After all that as well, so yeah, it's um, uh, a very, very sad day. Yes, and you can yeah, see the respect with the with the, the silence of the in Old Trafford. Very rarely you always get a, a kid or, or something in the background. 
you know, on, on Tuesday it was immaculate for a minute. He didn't hear a thing. Mm. And uh, when they, you know, when they played the bandpipe, bagpipe when they come out. Was, yeah, that um, got me a little bit, mate. I gotta say, you know, yeah, even it, not as a United fan, yeah, those bagpipes it, it, and it reminded me of uh, Swat Busby, and then I was then I was told it was the same the same geezer, the same bagpipe player who come out to Matt Busby and mm. out to Bobby. So yeah, it was um but the silence of, of the away fans as well was um uh, it was yeah, it did it a little bit. And then Reese has just mentioned in the comments. Obviously, another sad story within football world is um, Everton chairman Bill Kenwright passed away this week as well. And um, I like I know who he is and stuff. Like I wasn't particularly familiar with him and what he was about really. But um, I've read a lot of stories about what absolute like uh, top bloke he was. And apparently, there's a lot of stories about how he used to message players like individually and encourage them, tell them he was proud of them and stuff like that. Like he was a real guy who was like all about Everton, you know, really cared about the club. Yeah. wasn't one of these owners who just wanted to dip in and. No, no, that's why I don't understand why the, why the fans turned him a little bit because you know oh, he was Mister Everton. The only way I do to it is to make Everton better. Mm. And yeah, I one of my friends, late friends who died a few years ago, used to know him. He said he was a gentleman. He used to have a dinner with him all the time, and he said he was a real gentleman. So yeah, it was. Um, it's a shame, really. It's a shame but the way he got treated in the end because, like I say, all he was trying to do is make Everton better. Yeah, and I think, look, you know, I think in any walk of life, everyone makes mistakes, mate. And I'm sure, it, you know, he would have admitted that he may, may maybe has made some mistakes along the way. But I think there's no doubt that he was always trying to do what was best for Everton. He doesn't strike me. Everything I've read and everything I know about him that he was like one of these owners who was trying to you know make a quick buck he seemed to be trying to take Everton forward with the new stadium and and everything like that you know it's it's uh yeah it's sad meds it's um it's also a, for for people like us mate it's a sign of age when these people who you've kind of grown up with um you know and seen about the place seen a part of football and and they're passing away. you now 51 41 you Mate, you'll always be older than me. That's all you need to know. You just look younger. No, I'm keeping my Yeah. Hey. Coughing lumps, mate. Going right. you on your beard for, for Christmas. Eh? Uh? Going on your beard for Christmas, doing your little elf act. Yeah, I'm going to get a little Santa beard going, isn't it? It's a few few weeks, isn't it? That? She's going to go full, full, full Santa beard. Um, right. <laughs> You've been painting the, the top half brown and the bottom half's like white and grey. Yeah, it's beautiful, mate. It's distinguished. Forty-one got a grey beard. Yeah, grey all over the place. Right. Very lastly on United, mate. Um, three wins on the bounce. Um, mate, you know you can't say they've been flecked. Although I thought they were very pretty good against Copenhagen, but you second you also half. have to you second have half. to yeah second half you have to take into account, you know, who they've played in those three games, of course. But you also have to take into account that they haven't been able to play their first choice defence for weeks. Yeah, you know, they haven't been able to to play these players. They've just got to while they've got all these injuries, you just have to grind it out and make sure you're picking up points, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what they're doing. No, the, the, no. Things aren't given out in October. So 
even though it's Is not there looked, anyway? even though it's not really looked great. You know, that as long as you keep on winning and keep ticking over and not, not you know stop the rot like they did when we we're getting beat two three three on the bounce, uh, that's not a good sign. So yeah, now we're starting to get some players back. Um, Holland's got some games under his belt. Uh, I still think we're a long, 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 long way away after spending a few quid. Um, you know, you, you want your new signings to be coming in and, and, and hitting the ground running. They've not done that. Hoyland's done okay. Mason Mount, non-existent. Well, he's not playing, is he? Mount. Yeah, exactly. So, non-existent. So, you know what, um, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see, so... And now, you know, he's done well on Tuesday night. So hopefully, say like I say before, it's a springboard to go on. But we'll wait and see. Big Manchester City next week, so this week, yeah, so give them a good idea, and then can go into work Monday buzzing. If not, it's going to be a long, long week. Well, it's going to be a. I think we United is just about trying to get the players going, like the players like Mount and that, try and get them going now, and trying to get the defenders back because. I'm looking around, I'm seeing teams like Villa and we've been, you know, we've talked about the Villa manager for a while and how he's gotten playing. You've got an Ollie Watkins who's, you know, a quality striker and he looks even better under this manager. So I think the top four race is not necessarily the traditional sort of five or six who go for it. I think there's a couple of other teams who might be there or thereabouts. Quick question though on United. Is there a reason why... Garnacho doesn't play on the right. Because to me, I'm looking at Hoyland and I think one of the reasons, particularly in the Premier League, why he's, his performances aren't matching his goal return, because I think he's done quite well, but he's not getting maybe that many chances, it's the service. And I feel like if you put Garnacho on the right and add him beating the fullback and whipping the ball in, he's going to thrive off that. They have you put Rashford, Rashford on the, on the right and, and, fuck, and, and Anson on the left? Or Ganacho on the right, because you've got a, you've got a striker there that, that that yeah that wants balls coming into the box, not checking every two minutes because they've got yeah. to check onto the right foot. Or yeah, it's just doesn't it's make weird, sense. It? Like, it just doesn't make sense why they, why they do it, especially with a type of striker. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting. Just let's just talk about the Man City game on Saturday. We look, we know. Is night and day between in terms of long term quality, like over a season. But on any given day, like United showed last year, they are capable of getting a result against City if things go their way and they, and they do things, you know, the right way. Do you see that there's an opportunity for United to maybe so, do a bit of a You're at Old Trafford from 75,000 people and it's 11 years 11. So you've always got opportunity. You've got that crowd behind you. So if you, you get stuck into him and not, not let him play and get right stuck into him, and I mean proper stuck into him, then, mm. then we'll see. But if you let him play and just let him do what they do, then we've got no chance. I'll um, I'll be really interested how Ten Hag lines up against City on Saturday because I actually think, if assuming Casemiro's back, which I think he is, I think there's a bit of an opportunity where they could line up with Amrabat and Casemiro for the first time. You could play Bruno in the 10. And then I'd probably go with Mount on the right to really make them difficult to break down. But also, all of those players are capable of 
if they win the ball, if they win the ball back high up, capable of finding a pass and releasing Hoyland or Rashford or someone like that. And I think um, also Mount is capable of putting in some good balls for Hoyland. So I'd be kind of interested with what he goes with because I know McTominay has scored a couple of goals where he started the last couple of games. But when United got the ball, I've not seen a professional footballer hide as much as Scott McTominay does. And what I mean by that is when, say, Amrabat's got the ball or when Maguire's got the ball, McTominay will stand behind the the pressing opposition. So he's in a position where he can't receive the ball and he does it all the time. Whereas Amrabat or Casemiro or whoever will come and, you know, they'll move into the space and they want the ball even in tight areas. And and uh, McTominay very often looks like he doesn't want the ball in those areas and he will kind of hide. I've never seen a, you know, like a top level team have a player do that really. Um, would you start McTominay against City? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Interesting. Where would you start him? Just behind Hoyland or in the... Oh, no, actually, because we need to keep the ball as well. So it's a difficult one. So I probably wouldn't in this game. I'd play Casemiro and Amrabat and Bruno there. Interesting. What uh, quick... Oh, we'll do predictions at the end. Um, moving on. Uh, Newcastle, Tenali, uh, their star signing. Probably their best player this season as well. Been banned for 10 months by the Italian Football Reg- uh, Federation for breaching betting rules. Uh, so, what does that mean for Newcastle? Um, I would assume it means he's he's banned, isn't he? Does that no. carry over? No, carry ten, over, ten, 10 months. But, but he can still train with Newcastle. Right. So, he can't play for Newcastle. But he can train, which is different to Tony because Tony's been banned by the English FA, so he can't train either. Right, got you. I read a story. He's been banned from Italy. Yeah. So I read a story this week that apparently Ivan Tony is up for sale in January at a very, very reasonable price, like something like 12 million or something. Would you, if you were United, would you go in for him, even though he hasn't played and trained? Yeah. As like a backup for Hoyland? Yeah. Yeah, he's better than Martial, isn't he? Yeah, I think, or certainly more consistent. Yeah, swapping that could be a great deal for both teams. There you go, not a bad shot there, mate. Um, who impressed you in the Premier League over the weekend, or what result? Anything sort of take your eye? As uh, I can't remember now, it's in the Champions League, aren't they? Yeah, let me bring up the I'll bring up the results from Saturday now. Um, Tottenham flying high at the top of the league, obviously. Yeah, Tottenham, um, Tottenham look good. West Ham beat, uh, sorry, Aston Chelsea Villa beat West Ham. Until they let Arsenal back in it. Yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? Like, mm. I thought Chelsea looked relatively well, comfortable. Then, and then... Think, How the fuck have we not won that game? Yeah, New, I mean, Newcastle, another 4 0 victory. You had uh, Villa Newcastle beat West Ham 4 1. Newcastle looked very good, actually. Yeah, they have done really. Like the last couple of weeks, they've looked really good. Um, Villa, mate, I like. They just look top, top. Yeah, I've just been watching Villa. Um, yeah, very good, very good. He's a good manager, mate. He's a good manager. He's a good manager, and the squad is pretty much the same as when Gerard had it in it. 
Like they, I don't think he's made mm. loads of signings. That mean probably well, he's fallen out with Tillemans, haven't he? Can we play tonight? Yeah, well, he might be a couple of weeks ago. It was apparently Tillemans was looking for a move. He played on Saturday as well. He got an assist. I don't yeah. know. Man, but yeah. You know what it's like, newspaper talk, isn't it? Um, yeah, you know, you're, you just you take it like it's gospel, mate. No, just take no it's it like a pinch of salt. Boom. Oh. It's all a pinch of salt, isn't it? Yeah. Until you hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, I don't know. I'm interested. The Premier League, I think, is really interesting this year. And I think it's really tight because Tottenham are top of the league. I think we're all in agreement that we're waiting for them to fall off because that's what they do. Yeah, but, but waiting for Leicester to fall off doesn't yeah. mean it's going to happen. And, it's, you know, they've got a new manager. They've got a lot of new players. So it's not the same players who have kind of failed season in, season out. So Tottenham, they could go and even Ivan's only 12 million. Yeah. Well, I think he'd be a great signing for anyone in the Premier League. I've got to be honest. Chelsea. The only ones who I'd say probably wouldn't make sense is Man City because they've got Haaland and they've got Alvarez. Yeah, but yeah. outside of that, I could see Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, Villa, United, Newcastle. I could all I could see all of those teams benefiting from that. Newcastle, no. Newcastle. They've got Isaac and Wilson. Yeah, Callum Wilson won't play a full season, though, mate. Unfortunately, that's when they are using that. They've done all right so far. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, be interesting. Just stockpile players. No, right. you know what I mean. We're around 150, 200 grand a week. It's not fucking Brent... championship manager. Yeah, if Brentford are going to sell him, uh, Tony, in January. Why didn't they just I'm sell him? Selling for twelve million. million. Come on, let's get that right. Yeah, no, of course I would expect it to be much more than that. But even you know, if they do sell him in January, like why didn't they just sell him? You know, in the summer. Probably people don't want to buy, pay for someone, and they can't use. Mm. Yeah, well, someone would have come in for him, though, wouldn't they? You know, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, you know, it's like you go into a car. And say, right, I want to buy that car now. But they say, all right, sweet, yeah, but you can't use it for eight months. Well, what the fuck am I going to go and buy it now for? Yeah, you get the jump on the uh, opposite, on other people, didn't you? But why yeah. when the car's still there in eight months, it's the same car? Yeah, but if you've got competition to buy that car then, it's, I don't right. know, it's interesting. It's, and it's going to take him a while as well, isn't it, to get up to speed? Like, yeah, it's no going to cost you, what, five, six million quid for wages just to, to, to buy him yeah, now? Just to say, yeah, just oh, I, I, I see what you're saying. Ah, it's not championship manager. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm I'm worried for um, for Burnley, mate. i got to say, I thought they were really poor on um, Saturday. They lost 3-0 and um, to Brentford. And I'm looking at it, mate. And I, at what point, if at all, does Vincent Company change from his kind of you know his, uh, pretty, well, his pretty football to try and make him a bit more difficult to beat and set up a bit more traditionally as a relic as, as a promoted team would just try and stay up do you think he does or do you think he no, was they're not getting battered are they well they lost 3-0 to Brentford on Saturday alright but that's not battered is it um, they got, what's their goal difference minus 16 so they got their second worst goal difference in the league um <laughs> I, I don't see I don't see it. I don't see it. This is the they've way conceded. this is the way he wants to play, and that's the way he's gonna play. Yeah, I don't think he'll make a change. They've conceded the, the most amount of goals except for Sheffield United. So 
Look, so we haven't conceded no, one one goal less. In fairness, I think I look at I look at it and I think we might end up with Sheffield United, Burnley, and Luton being the teams that go down. The only saving grace is it looks like Bournemouth are trying their best to go down as well. And they hope they do. And Gary Neal, Gary O'Neill finishes top half. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like Bournemouth got rid of Gary O'Neill. He could end up staying in the Premier League. You look at Tottenham, Harry Kane left. Tottenham is flying in top of the league. Wouldn't it be ironic if Tottenham went and won the league? Say again. It's, it's very interesting. Say again. It's just interesting, isn't it, how it could all turn out. Like they sacked, former sacked Gary. Yeah, no, no, I hope it does turn out like that. It's the same as Sheffield Wednesday with Darren Moore. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I hope they go down, to be honest, because I thought the way they treated him was well shoddy. Um, on that, Wayne Rooney's already getting booed by Birmingham fans after his second game. Is that a bad sign? Because normally when you lose very, the fans... It's a very bad sign. After two games? Yeah. It's a bad move, mate. It's a bad move. It didn't make sense, did it? Because John Eustace was doing a good job. Yeah, it's a bad move. No, no, it very rarely works out this when you bring a big name in and he's not, you know, his, his CV doesn't jump off the page. Don't get me wrong, his playing career is sterling. Mm. We're not talking about that. And um, he did an okay job at Dad, which we've, which we've talked about. But, you know, this is different now. He's uh, It's a tough league and he's come in and he's not one. I don't think he scored a goal. No, no, and he, had, he didn't set the world on fire in America either. Didn't do particularly the well. The are restless. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, John Eustace was popular, and I think he was in a good. John Eustace was they were, they were turning the four, you know, they were in good form, and they're now down to twelfth in the league. Lost two on the banks. Haven't scored a goal. It's going to be quite, it's very difficult. Once you lose the fans and the fans turn, it is always difficult. Now, because it's so early on and he's only two games in, if he goes on a run of three, four games and, you know, they do a bit Who better. Who've you got weekend? Southampton away, which is not an easy game. Yeah, so, so there's no easy games really, is there? No, no, there's not. They have Cardiff the week after, so that's not an easy game because they're flying this year or doing well. So uh, Leeds, that's uh, diff- difficult game. Anyone's different. Middlesbrough, they've picked up. Obviously, just played them, got beat. So difficult league. This is why I don't think he should have rocked the boat. He's done his groundwork. He's just got to his team that he probably want the way he wants it. And boom, you're out the door. Someone else is in. New ideas, new coaching staff. And the first thing changed. Rooney did was he he changed all the team. He dropped their most informed striker. Brought in someone who doesn't score a lot of goals, uh, number nine, and the fans didn't like that. I saw a lot on social media fans complaining about his starting lineup, and um, it's just you know. And the the other thing with Eustace is not only was he winning, and he had you know they were doing quite well, but he was playing great football, like really attractive football, which the fans obviously embrace, especially when you're winning. And I just. I just think they've made a mistake with it. I just think all parties have kind of. I don't think he'll last the season. I no, I mean either. I got to be honest. I, you know, I wouldn't wish anyone to get sacked. I got to say, 
and uh, you know, I, I hope. Look, I've I've been banging the drum about the same managers getting the jobs over the years for ages. I want new managers to step up and show they're good enough, but this just didn't feel right in so many aspects. Didn't feel like a good fit. Felt like very disrespectful to John Eustace. Didn't feel like the right place for Rooney to go in at the right time. And it just felt a bit weird. So, you know, maybe he'll turn it around. You know, he's a very, very stubborn guy. Very, you know, he's very mentally strong. So, you know, he'll do his best to, to turn it around. And the players have got to do their part as well. Um, but like you say, mate, that championship is brutal. Like, you can win, four, you know, do what Middlesbrough did and win seven on the bounce and you go from the bottom three to, you know, ninth. Or you can lose three or four on the bounce and be in the bottom half suddenly thinking about relegation very quickly. It's such a difficult league. And, you know, when you're in bad form, like Birmingham are, can't score goals, the last place you want to go is to a Southampton side who've just been relegated from the Premier League. You know, they're fifth in the league. They're scoring goals, playing well. It's tricky. They haven't lost a game for five. Like, there's not a game you're looking at going, oh, I think we can, there's three points there. But you never know. Like you say, on any given day in the championship, could be anything. Um, I slightly disagree with this point from Riccio. He says, Rooney did a poor job at Derby. First season survived by a point. I think his win record at Derby was 29% and 20, 24% in America. But I think that we discussed before, like the reasons why he did such a good job at Derby was the circumstances that he was under. It would have been much easier for him to walk away and no one would have really criticised him for it. Um, and he nearly did pull off a miracle. You know, he, they 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 went down in the end, but only just. And considering the point deduction and stuff like that, I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, I mean, people say that Lampard did a good job with Derby, but he didn't get him promoted. So was his job any better than Rooney's, considering the difficulties that Rooney had with the point deduction and stuff. I think there's levels to think that. Pochettino did a great job when he did. Um, but where you see like these team, these coach like Klopp, Mourinho, Pep, they're, they're different levels. And then there's yeah. a, a very good level underneath and, and that's where these, some of these managers are at. Yeah, fair. I mean, like Lorna's said there, um, she says uh, Man City did the same. They had Manuel Pellegrini. And they wanted Pep. They moved him out. And obviously, it's it's a different level, but it's the same kind of thing. You might have a manager who's doing well, but if there's another manager, which the owners... Or well, Pep might not been available at that time. Yeah. He was at Bayern Munich, must have just gone up in their year. They might have tried to get him and all right, we'll get this yeah, for, for, two, for two years and then we'll grab Pep. Because they look like they're, 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 they're long-term planners then. So maybe that was their plan all along. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I said the yeah, the the Bournemouth manager. Uh, sorry, it's from Reese. He says Bournemouth owner said that sacking O'Neill was his decision. So if it goes wrong, it's all on him. But he knows it's the right move. And now Bournemouth are bottom uh, with no wins, and they lost to Gary O'Neill's Wolves most recently. And I think yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Gary O'Neill. I was a big fan of him as a player when he came on loan down to Cardiff. He was excellent. Um, real quality footballer, like particularly for that level, was really good. And um, 
kind of followed him from then. He, I think he's a pretty good manager as well by all accounts so far. And uh, Wolves look they're getting it. They had a bit of a slow start. Wolves did this season, but they're you know sitting sort of mid table. Won a cup. They haven't lost for four games. Just picking it up a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Newcastle came back down to earth a little bit, mate, in the Champions League. Um, I think they're still oh, in there. It was still a good game. It was, it was a good game. Yeah. It could have been either way. The draw would have been a fair result because that was the game that I watched yesterday. It was a good game. Uh, back and forth. You know, the, the post, the bar late on Newcastle. So they, they, they were... They, they 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 were they were good for a point, but you know it's just still a great win for Dortmund to go away with one 0 win, and it just opens that group wide open though. Tough game it's for Mets to play Dortmund away though. Yeah, that league, that the group they're in is very difficult, isn't it's it? And I, but I think they're in a good position, mate. That good yeah, start on it has, has put them in a good position. Um, it's those home We've games. Got two tough away games. They've got Dortmund away and Paris Saint Germain away. If they get. Probably probably Dortmund away is probably a good point for him to stop them getting a point and then beat Ace Man at home and then it, it goes on the last game. With, with any might Paris Saint Germain might have already qualified, so you just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it's a big game next, in a couple of weeks when they play Dortmund away. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Let's look at the Champions League groups. So Group A is United's group. United obviously not where they'd want to be with only three points after three games. But I think it's in their hands, isn't it? Because if they go and beat if they beat Copenhagen and Galatasaray away, they're through, basically. Um because that would take them to nine points. Obviously, Galatasaray. Have to win one of them games, mate. I think they need to be in both, I do, mate, because obviously Galatasaray have got one point over you. And I think if we if we win out Copenhagen and Bayern Munich beat them, so we'll be two points in front of them. If they Galatasaray beat Copenhagen, then I think you need to I think you need at least a point. You need four points, then you from the Galatasaray and Copenhagen game. Um but you never know. Go to Bayern on the last last game of the group. Bayern are already going to be through, so but I think they take great pride in their current their record is like a it's like a record breaking run, isn't it, at the moment? So um group B yeah, is out. win that last game and we're in trouble. Yeah. But I think needing a point from that last game, I think is doable. It's at at Old Trafford. And United have shown, look, under Ten Hag that they can win big games. They've beaten Barcelona. They beat Man City. They were a good Liverpool. team. When I watched them, though, they, they, they were a team that could have just gone up a yeah. different level. Yeah, so. they never got out of second gear, did they, against United? What well, was it? not a full team, so no. you know. Yeah, and look, that's in a few weeks, you know, quite a while from now. You never know. United, United might have all their defenders back, but then, and then it's a very... Di- and this is what I was saying to someone yesterday. If Ten Hag... Since he's brought in Anana and Mount and the rest of them, he hasn't been able to select his from a full squad. So I don't think anyone knows what is because he had plans for Kobe Mainu this year. You could see he was setting something up with him, and then he got this injury. He well, he's played, back. I played. He played forty five minutes for the and nineteens uh, was it? Yeah. So he's a he's a very good footballer. So it'd be interesting what. When he gets his full squad, and he can pick his favorite, like his favorite eleven, 
it'll be interesting what he goes with because I think United are really missing Shaw. They're missing Martinez mentality and the way he plays through the lines. I think they're missing Wambasaka when they come up against the you know a good winger and stuff like that. He was very often pockets the wingers and stuff. So um right, group B in the Champions League, Arsenal, uh atop of the group of six, got Lons on five, and then Seville and PSV on two. Looks like Seville might go out and back into the Europa League at this point, mate, which is incredible. Like they'll go back into the Europa League and go win it. Probably, yeah, probably. Every year. Arsenal look relatively comfortable, though. Obviously lost one game, but they're, they're top of the group. I think you'd expect them to go through, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, obviously, the Newcastle group. you got PSG on six, Dortmund and Newcastle on four, and Milan on two. And, you know, Milan will be thinking they're not out of it with three games to go. If they were to win three... You know, that takes them to a nice 11 points, probably normally get you through. So, no one's out of it in that group. Who do you think will go through from where they are now? Paris Saint-Germain and one of Newcastle or Dortmund. You don't think Milan have got a chance? If they win at home, at Paris Saint-Germain, that opens it wide open, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That that's the that's the one that would open it up for everyone, I think, isn't it? And then and then Dortmund and Newcastle draw, they'd be both on five points. Well, they'll they'll be all on five points, and Paris yeah. would be on six. So Oof. be a close, yeah. close group that would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, Man City are going to run away with their group because they got a very relatively simple group, really, haven't they? Um, Barcelona's an interesting one to me, mate. This year, um, I look at their squads; they got some real good like young players and um obviously they got you know the Lewandowski's and and whatnot I don't know, they, just... yeah uh, well, yeah well mid Jude Bellingham is just cannot stop scoring and assisting can he is the thing um mm. how good do you think Jude Bellingham can be like over his career do you think he can be like the best of the best like Messi Ronaldo level yeah. not necessarily in stats, midfield but... that scores 20 25 goals a season and Real Madrid, who does that? Do you think he's got the ability? He's already scored eleven goals for for Madrid. Yes, yes, that's incredible. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's, he's averaging uh, just under a goal every ninety minutes. First, I've really seen him over the last three or four weeks, and yeah, that England game. Yeah, very, very good. He Asian. averages a goal every ninety-four minutes. Yeah, it's just you know mental. I mean? That's midfield. crazy for a midfielder. Um, he's got three assists this year, so I'm sure he'd like to maybe bump that up a little bit. But um, even just everything he creates, he creates two chances per ninety minutes. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, and, and he's so young. That's the thing, isn't it? Like he's so young. Like this guy full can full of energy. Full of energy. I like that he's got a bit of shit house about him as well, though. <laughs> Um, he's quite aggressive and he's got that niggle. Oh, just reminded me of something. Um, just before the penalty for United on uh Tuesday, Ganacho was uh scuffing up the penalty spot. What do you think of that? Is that bad form or is that just part of being a professional sportsman? Mate, any any advantage in the penalty spot before I'm gonna take it? What's that matter to me? No, mm. oh, I agree. I just wondered if you're the ball down, it's still gonna be flat on the on the th- what does that matter? 
The bad penalty. It didn't affect his penalty. It was a poor penalty. He was under pressure. And the young kid, he, to be fair, stepped up. But, you know, the keeper, he's gone the right way. And it wasn't in the corner. It was good height for the keeper. But, yeah, it's a it's shit house. Shit house move. But, no, it doesn't really it affect the penalty. You just look like a dick doing it. Yeah. Do you think um, one of the more experienced players, because because of... Maybe no one's seen him doing it, mate. He's doing it behind everyone's backs. So not people can't yeah. see him. Maybe someone will say to him, "Come on, you don't need to do doing that." Do you think one of the more the experienced team. Copenhagen players should have taken the penalty because it was the last kick of the game and there was pressure on it? Do you think one of the more experienced players should have taken that ahead of the kid? Does Maybe have ever taken a taking a penalty in a penalty shoot of hundred people yeah, yeah. is nerve wracking. It is, yeah. I died. Yeah, I missed 75 minutes, last kick of the game. And he's, he took a bad penalty. Well, it's not a bad I mean, penalty, but it wasn't no, terrible. Right, yes, but it wasn't. right height for the, for the keeper to save. And the keeper saved it. Yeah. What's happened to Ajax, mate? Honestly, have you seen where they are in terms of the league table and, and everything? You sold all the players, no wonder. It's incredible, mate. But like, People saying about like how far United have dropped off and some other teams like Ajax. I think they're in the bottom half. They were. They were I'll check now. But like they have really kind of just they lost four 0 the other day. They yeah. uh, have like proper dropped off. You know, um, what's the what's the Dutch league called? The Dutch league. Yeah, it's called the Eredivisie or something, isn't it? Um, Okay, right. Um, very quickly, mate. Seven side derby on the weekend. Bristol City away to Cardiff City. Cardiff three one. Go on, boys. I'm going with my son. Looking forward to that. Yeah, you got over the bridge, yeah. No, it's in Cardiff, mate. I was in Cardiff. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say you're, you're brave. I said, um, I said yesterday, like that. I would really like to see Cardiff get at Bristol early. So Ajax are one but bottom. Yeah, second from bottom. Yeah. They have got two games in hand, so if they were to win that, they'd be 8-11. They would go up to, like, 11th. But, this, yeah, they're 17th of 18. Haven't won a game in seven. Oh, they haven't won a game. Oh, they've won. Played seven, won one. This season, that isn't smelly behavior. Smelly, smelly. That manager's going, mate. I would say, right, come on, then, let's go. Right, so, so, Cardiff 3 1. You said, Yeah, I'm gonna go 3 0 Cardiff. Um, let's get our predictions up and running. What's the UFC this week, mate? You remember? Uh, it's nice, Tyson and Ngani, isn't it? Oh, god, you're gonna watch that. Yeah, why not? I'm going to pay for it. Are you? It's a novelty, you know? Got this thing called a fire stick. No, um, no, no. no. That, what, who's, what are they? They don't miss. Never used them. Um, right. Arsenal Please. home to Sheffield United. Pardon? Arsenal at home to Sheffield United. Arsenal. I've gone 2 0 yeah. Arsenal. 3 0 Arsenal. Uh, Bournemouth, who are second from bottom, playing third from bottom, Burnley. 
I'm going to go with one all. 2-1 Burnley. Wolverhampton Wanderers, who we just discussed, uh, uh, home to Newcastle United. Um, I'm going 2-1 Newcastle. 1-0 Wolves. Oh, brave. West Ham, home to Everton. 1-0 West Ham, I got. Yeah, 2-1. The Amers. The Uh Liverpool at home to Nottingham Forest. Oh. 3-1 Liverpool for me. Oh. And then United versus Man City. This is difficult for you because you've got to go with your heart or your head. Heart. 2-1 United. I want to say 1-0 United, but 2-1. Um, I'm going to go with... Cattle Trafford. Yeah, I know. That's what's making me second-guess myself. Um, I'm going to go with 2-1 to Man City. I don't know though, mate. I I'm not confident in that because I've got a, a little sneaky feeling that United might pull something off. But Highland. Not Max confident. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, mate. Right. Um Reese says strange podcast. There's a few weeks ago there was a really long cigarette looking like it was being rolled, and now there's talk of this free sport on a fire stick. There's no idea what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what you're referring to, I'm afraid. Um, oh, there's a stat for you. Ajax oh, is crazy. They've had more games stopped due to crowd trouble than they've had wins this season. Who? Ajax. There you go. Absolute Jesus. hooligans. Hooligans, like race. Hooligans. Ruffians. Ruffians, mate. Ruffians. Yeah. yeah. Right. That takes us nicely into the weekend. As always, mate, appreciate your time. Good chat. Um, guys, if you haven't got your tickets, Get your tickets, 3rd of November, only £5. Myself and uh, Mr Andy Campbell and live question and answer at the Rum and Tavern pub. You can uh, you can just click that little QR code above Rodri's head if you'd like. Take you straight to the link. Or oh, the link is also, and he did it again, the link is in the description as well. And, uh, of course, we've got the, the Monday Night Fan Show at live from the pub as well. Come join us. Come say hello. Grab a drink. Get involved in the chat. It's always a good time. Um, we'll be back next Thursday. In a bit, Sports Social Podcast Network.